0: Life good. Never off. Whoa. Hard. Hardly. Yes. Come on, Brent. Life good.
1: Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they no. saved oh. it
0: for her? It. Yes, they have. Ooh, welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham.
1: Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean. Thank you for always starting by putting your finger in the air, because I know that you're ready when you when you say, cu- or whatever you say at the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to have a visual cue for myself hey. <laughs> to uh, to know what's going on uh, as we prepare to launch in to the world of curling. And Scott, the season of champions is upon us, the 2019 Canada Cup kicking off this week in beautiful leduc alberta
1: yeah sean leduc have you ever been there sort of i think everybody's sort of been to leduc yeah it's as you said it's where the airport
0: is what is allegedly the edmonton international airport is really nowhere close to edmonton so the airport is down there south of the city near leduc yeah so curling there makes you know the commute from the airport pretty pretty quick Pretty quick, back. yeah. And and a lot of the men's teams, Scott, are going to have to be commuting in from the airport because everyone except for Glenn Howard is playing in the Ashley's home spiel out there in Penticton. Oh, yeah. That's this uh, weekend. This weekend. So uh, a lot of folks have made the decision to play. It makes a lot of sense for the Eastern team, certainly someone like Brad Gushu you're going out west, why not add on and and head out to Penticton. Good spiel, good field out there in Penticton. So everyone's going to be warmed up, ready to go for what is, for the Canadian teams, the most
1: important event of the season to this point. Yeah, for sure. It's, It's the most important event to this point, as you say. Also, it's going to be the first team to qualify for the Olympic trials in 2021. So, you know, a lot on the line here yeah, at so, this spiel.
0: Yeah, so, so whoever wins, it gets that birth. 2021 Olympic trials birth. Uh, it was Rachel Holman on the women's side who got that first birth last time. And she talked about at the time and later on that it really did allow them to focus on the schedule, not just for the 2017 season leading into those trials, but also the season before that 2015-16 season that... Uh, or excuse me, the 16, 17 season that they didn't have to worry as much about getting points. They could just focus on making sure that they were playing the big events and doing what mm-hmm. they needed to do in preparation for that Olympic trial. So while it is still two years out, that that event, being able to set your season or your schedule for a year and a half based entirely on building to that is an advantage. So it, sure. it is a big event.
1: Yeah, for sure. So let's get talking about who's going to be there.
0: Yes. Uh, So we will start with the men's teams because they're the ones out there in Penticton right now playing, uh, again, with the exception of Glenn Howard. So let's start with Glenn Howard as the only team not out there. This is the team, Scott, that when you look around in this field, Glenn Howard is one of the best players of all time. I, I don't think anyone would doubt that. But in recent years, he has not been as competitive as he once was. He's he's made the playoffs at the first two Grand Slams this season, but he hasn't really been a threat so far to win anything. The past couple of briars he's been at, he has struggled when he has played. And it feels like Glenn Howard is a a, a guy now who He can beat anybody in the field, certainly, but you don't expect him to be there on the weekend.
1: Yeah, no, I think, uh, like we all know, Glenn Howard's sort of on the uh, backside of the career trajectory, so to speak. He's on the Uh, back nine. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, But as you say, really skilled, can make any shot. Uh, It's not quite as long a week uh, this week as, uh, you know, the briar is and that, that sort of thing. So... A bit more of an advantage. They've made the playoffs at the last, uh, well, at least at the last Grand Slam, and uh, there, you know, he's got uh, some young guys there to sweep for him. Yeah. So. so you know, all the all of those things add up to a team that can beat anybody, as you say. But I don't expect them to be there at the end of the week when the dust settles
0: yeah and if you look at the matchups the head-to-head matchups with the teams in this field that he's played against he has the edge lifetime on a lot of these teams but over the past couple years he is under 500 against most of these teams so if you look for Mm -hmm. instance kevin cooey he's 29 and 19 against kevin cooey kevin cooey has won seven of the last nine games between the two teams right right? so glenn howard made his hay against a lot of these teams a long time ago uh same thing brad jacobs he's uh, 22 and 16 against brad jacobs jacobs has won three of the last five uh and had a stretch there winning five out of six from glenn howard recently Brad Gushu, same thing. He's 37-19 against Brad Gushu. Gushu has won the last three, including both games, that they've played this season. Right. So, you know, you, you just look at the recent history of the team, and it's not... Again, they're very good. They, they are still competitive, for sure. Mm-hmm. But not somebody who you can take for granted, and also not somebody who you expect to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's, the, the thing about this field is that it's so good. Yeah, that if if this team is the worst team in the field, then that's, that's, a, good that's field. a pretty damn good field, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. We should we should point out too that for this event, seven teams, seven men's teams, seven women's teams, just like what we see. Uh, well, not quite. Just like we, at the trials, it was nine, I believe. Uh, that's right. Yeah. For this, seven and seven, three make the playoffs. Whoever finishes first, straight to the finals. The other two teams will play in a semi-final. So yeah, out of those seven teams, if Glenn Howard is the worst, that's pretty doggone good.
1: Yeah, uh, do you have any fun facts about this team, Sean? I I heard heard a rumor that I, you told me that you'd have fun, fun well, facts. I have fun facts about the event as a whole. Okay, okay. We can wait till the end for that. I'll, I'll give you a fun fact about Yeah, give me this a fun team. Glenn Howard fact. Uh, Something that I wasn't really aware of, but Glenn Howard was born in Charlottetown. Hey, there you go. So, Sean, with this birthright rule, do you think one day we might see somebody from uh PEI approach Glenn Howard and say, Hey Glenn, why don't you why don't you come and help us uh, win some games at the Briar? You think like Eddie McKenzie? No. I I think uh <laughs> What? Eddie McKenzie,
0: Glenn Howard, Adam Casey, and Russ Howard. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Who says no? Who says no? Uh <laughs> The Howards? Okay, no. What about this? What about this? Okay. Um, Adam Casey playing lead on the team. Eddie McKenzie plays third. Glenn Howard plays skip. And for second, after Brad Gushu's hip goes out, it's Brett Gallant playing
1: second. Uh, That's what I was thinking too, Sean. Uh, I was thinking it would be a Brett Gallant, but... Anyway, uh, you know we can we can speculate yes. on that in the summer.
0: Yeah. So uh, so that's uh, Team Howard coming in, probably the lowest expectations out of these teams again. If that's the case, really a solid field. Uh, so let's move on to Team uh, Brandon Botcher. I'm, I'm going to go in alphabetical order at this point. Uh, after after that, let uh, will talk about Brandon Botcher here. Uh, and this team coming in, this is a squad, Scott, that coming into this event. They have had some pretty good results, especially at the end of last season. And if you look at their matchups against the rest of the teams in this field, they've been very good uh, overall, uh, an above 500 record against a lot of the teams in the field, which is surprising because he played a lot of them coming up through juniors and just entering the men's side. So the fact that he has as good a record as he does, Against some of these teams is surprising, uh, including against uh, Glenn Howard, uh, we just talked about. He's eleven and one against Glenn Howard. Um, really? Yes. Wow. So really, uh, really sort of has Glenn Howard's number here. The the one team. Of course, that he struggled against, not surprisingly, Kevin Cooey, also the team that he's played the most in the field. But you remember last year, they played each other in the finals of the Briar, the finals of the Players, and the finals of the Champions Cup. Mm -hmm. And Brendan Botcher won the latter two of those games. So uh, really competitive with everybody in this field and a team that I think you got to look out for, certainly as a playoff contender and somebody who can challenge here.
1: Oh, big time, Sean. This team is one of the hottest teams in the country. They're really uh, sort of there. They they've come of age the last couple of years, and now we're going to see uh, if if they can translate that into consistent uh, con- consistent success everywhere. I mean, they probably already have, given that they finished second at the Briar the last two years yeah. and have won a bunch of Grand Slams. Uh, so yeah, I I would say this team is one of the favorites, if not the favorite.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and and home field-ish type advantage, right? They're from Edmonton. So, yep. uh, you know, the people will be cheering there for them. Uh, should be a lot of crowd support for them. And just a, a really great team all around that is coming together. Uh, and you can see it, too, in the communication between the four of them. Darren and Brendan really see, seem to have figured out the rapport there between the two of them, which, you know, the first time they went to the Briar, Darren is a little more emotional than Brendan Botcher is. Uh, but, I mean, that's not saying much. Like, a inanimate object is more emotional than Brendan Botcher on the ice. <laughs> like So, yeah. uh, but, but Darren seems to have calmed down a little bit, and Brendan is, is more expressive now, right? And he's, he's sort of more willing to participate in the discussions mm-hmm. and joking around a little bit, too. So mm-hmm. uh, the two of them play off each other really very effectively.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this was a team that we uh, we saw come through the road road to the roar for yes. the last olympic trials and uh if they're able to secure their spot here that's that's quite a coup to be able to set up like you said their next year and a half with the eyes towards you know really competing at the high level at those olympic trials so uh, and maybe they feel like a bit more fire under them than some of these other teams that have been there done that yeah igushu kui all those teams, Jacobs, right, all have been to Olympics already, and this team, you know, maybe that extra motivation can can put them over the edge. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out
0: with them. So let's talk about another young team that is making waves big time, Scotty. That is the team of Matt Dunstone, uh, really coming on strong. The winners of the first Grand Slam of the season out there in North Bay, Ontario. Uh, Struggled a little bit at the uh, second Grand Slam, but overall a very good season for them. They've had uh, tremendous growth really since the World Cup event that they won uh, in Sweden that they got to go and play in that. Since then, they've kind of been a house on fire and very impressive with uh, what
1: they've been able to put together. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, the team Dunstone they they're the last team to make the field here. Uh, the, the slots were awarded uh, teams one through six in CTRS points at the end of last season, and then the the highest team who'd not yet qualified and winning that Grand Slam got them a lot of points uh, on the on the tour and got them into this event basically. I, yeah. I don't know if they're ready to win this kind of an event, but they won a Grand Slam against arguably better competition than this, given the international teams that are there. Yeah, and Braden Muscawey is a beast at uh, at third. When Matt Dunstone's on, he's really on. It's usually his draw weight that seems to let him down. So if he's got that under control early in the week, uh, you know, I could see this team coming up and scaring some teams. Uh, I won't pick them to make the playoffs, but you know it'll be a good learning experience for this event, and hopefully they can take it forward into uh, future events.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be tough for them because Wednesday, their day Wednesday is uh, Gushu, then Epping. So you're being thrown right into the fire with Brad Gushu. We often say that you know one of the best times to catch some teams is in that first draw. Brad Gushu, though might not be that person who you want to catch in the first draw just because he's so good at changing ice conditions and throughout the game he picks up on the subtleties probably better than anybody else in the world and brett gallant is a big part of that in being able to see which path is slowing down which path is speeding up where the curl is they read the ice as, as good as anybody else and one of the reasons why You often say a team that's better than you, if you catch them in the first draw, they might not have the ice down yet. Brad Gushu is one of those teams,
1: though, that I don't think that applies. No, I I think you're right. Uh, It's going to be hard to sneak up on a team like Team Gushu, for sure. So
0: let's uh, move on to John Epping, the aforementioned John Epping, who gets Matt Dunstone in the evening draw on Wednesday night. Of course, the big change with this team is Ryan Fry in the fold. For them, they are coming into this event, and just like just some mixed results so far this season. Um, you know, they've they've won early in a couple of events. They've ranked number one in the world, but at the two grand
1: slams, haven't been overly impressive. No, no, like you say, some some big success really early in the season got them to the top of the uh, world rankings, the order of merit there, it, much. To like a raised eyebrow from quite a few people yes uh and i think you know they're they're feeling out their team you know matt uh, settling into the role at second ryan coming in at third uh you know it's, it's a different team dynamic john Epping played with matt cam at third for so long that now having ryan in there you know it's it's just different and it's going to yep. take some time to really get it worked out uh there's like levels of a new team, right? It's, uh, forming, storming, performing, and norming. There you go. So, uh, I forgot who told me that once, but, uh, (laughs) but so like at the formation, you've got it. And then you've got some, some like storming, uh, where you're trying to get, get together, like get on the same page and they could be in a different order, but you can often have success right away. And then not be able to replicate that. And that can lead to problems where you're like, why can't we do what we were doing before? Right. Because like everybody gets a little more comfortable. Yep. And you know, when you're on a new team, you're just trying to please, uh, as Ryan Fry, I'm sure does coming in wanting to prove himself. And now that you're feeling a little more into it, you can relax and not play as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see this team is uh, like all the teams in this field are capable of winning. I think probably, except maybe Howard, but again, you
0: never like he's still got the touch, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the small sample size, but we're talking about the the difference between you mentioned early season John Epping versus later in the season John Epping. He hasn't beat anybody in this field since September, right? So, I mean, he hasn't played everybody in the field in October and after, but everyone who has played has beat him. So, right. you know, you, you've when he's come up against the top competition since. September he has been uh, unsuccessful in those games so that's not a great harbinger Uh, that doesn't include this weekend at the Ashley uh, home event because we're recording this as that's ongoing so if they run up against somebody in the playoffs that doesn't apply but that's a a trend line that you don't like to see going into an event where there's no freebies
1: no absolutely absolutely but you know like like we say John Epping can can make everything and he can bail too right yeah.
0: he, he he might be the best skip in this field for bailing out uh on his own right a little bit yeah <laughs> right like other guys like Gucci will have glant bail him out if it gets ugly a uh, nickels can certainly bail him out um but john epping can be facing seven stones and bail himself out somehow mm-hmm. so you know he if, if there was a bet that i could place if is there one team that is likely to uh, give up an eight i would probably put it on john epping but i would also say the team that's most likely to make a quad angle triple is john epping as well
1: maybe ku coo. maybe coo but uh i hear i hear what you mean right? but only if cooey has two seconds left on the clock <laughs> <laughs> and uh there's a, like a big difference in the way Ryan Fry delivers a rock versus how Matt Cam delivers a rock. No question. So, you know, it's it takes some time to read different uh, throws. And like John Epping is a great skip and can do it. But it's, you know, it takes some time.
0: For sure. So so let's move on. Brad Gushu is next on the list. One of the best in the world, certainly. Uh, his resume does not need any uh, recapping, uh, but certainly... Well, let's do it anyway. <laughs> let's do it anyway. Uh, a couple of interesting notes here, uh, I think, Scott. Uh, he lost two games to Matt Dunstone in the Masters, the only time they've played this year. So that's uh, I found that just a little interesting that Matt Dunstone's had a good year against him. And uh, again, looking at trend lines, Scott, he has lost his last five games against Brad Jacobs, including twice this season so some trend lines that don't look great in the head-to-head matchups here for Gushu
1: but again a team that I'm not willing to count out oh you can never count out Brad Jacobs Sean I don't or Brad Gushu, Gushu rather yeah. and Brad Jacobs coming coming up soon uh, <laughs> so yeah I don't know if there's much more I can add to the preview of that team but one fun fact I found in the media guide Jeff Walker's birthday is going to be during the event next Thursday, hey, November twenty eighth. There you go. So we'll wish him a happy birthday.
0: Yeah, and one of the things too about this team, we talk about Botcher maybe getting a hometown cheer, a hometown crowd. Brad Gushu or Brad Gushu gets a hometown cheer wherever he
1: is. Yeah, yeah. He like famously, he's the most popular curler at any event. Yeah, you know, uh, the the women want to be with him, and the men want to be him. Right? Is that what they say? That's a saying that people <laughs> sometimes say,
0: yes. Uh, that does, ha- that, that does happens sometimes. Uh, so, next up is the other Brad, Brad Jacobs, who, of course, beat Brad Gushu in the final of the most recent Grand Slam. Yes. The Tour Challenge. Tour Challenge <laughs> Tier 1. Uh, yeah. So- hey,
1: we, we did get some hate about not saying the Coyote Tractors Tour Challenge. Was it from Coyote Tractors?
0: No. Then why do I? Ca- <laughs> um, no. Uh, well, we don't. We don't need to. We, we don't need to suck up to no, the sponsors. no. But, but
1: we do like to say Canadian Beef Masters, even though they weren't the sponsor this year. Right. Uh, just because it sounds fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Coyote Tractors wants to throw us a few shekels, then fine. Then I'll say Coyote Tractors. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm a John Deere man, so let's uh, let's talk about Brad Jacobs and and what his season's been. Of course, bringing in Mark Kennedy, they are the defending champions here. With Mark Kennedy, of course, Ryan Fry last year was off for this event after the events uh, out west when he was playing with Jamie Cooey, and Mark Kennedy stepped in, and it was seamless. Now Ben Hebert might say that that victory was controversial, given the clock situation in the final but they won the game. Uh, and, and it really wasn't that close of a game, if memory serves, that uh, they were in control the whole way. And what Mark Kennedy has done, we talked about this when we talked about the Tour Challenge, what Mark Kennedy has done for this team has been very effective in the games that we have seen. Uh, really uh, a strong presence, really helpful. Brad Jacobs, over the past couple of years, we saw him do this thing where he'd He'd stop the conversation and just say, okay, now let's think about this. And we take three minutes to decide the shot. Kennedy mm-hmm. is a little more, it's this or this, make up your mind. Yep. And he's keeping them on time a little more, which I think in turn lessens the stress level for the other three guys. We saw it at the end of games sometimes where as the time goes down, they're they're already pretty intense anyway. Mm-hmm. But if they start to rush, that intensity only increases and increases was at times hurting their ability to make shots and effectively communicate with each other. Yeah. So Kennedy being able to foster more efficient decision-making allows them overall to manage their time more effectively. And amongst being one of the best shot makers in the world, I think that is a key to this team's success.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The We've seen emotions get the best of them. Uh, you know, we've been in the building when they're slamming brooms and saying, jeez. Yeah. Like, uh, it's that, that triggers me that word still uh, when they say it like that. But yeah, with, with Mark Kennedy, they're great. I, I don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah. Not much. You've
1: summarized everything so well.
0: Yes. Um, and if you look at again, some of the bigger matchups in the field, he's, won all of his games so far this season against uh kevin cooey so uh, a a nice sort of trend line there for him Mm -hmm. a team that you might expect to see in the playoffs
1: there um so and everyone else he's just he's really good yeah Um, and and we'll get a preview of him and gushu uh later tonight at the ashley holmes yeah. event in Penticton. So there
0: you go. So, uh, so the final team in this field is of course, Kevin Cooey coming in to the events as a uh, multiple time champion, Scott, he has won in 2015 and 2008. So a uh, two time champion of this event first time, or sorry, hasn't won with this particular collection though, uh, as, as was noted when he won the briar last year, he won the briar with three different teams. Trying to do the same thing with the Canada Cup, and BJ Newfeld is going to step back in for this event. Uh, congratulations to the Newfeld family. Mm. A, uh, a healthy baby was born, a little late from all accounts, uh, later than expected. But you know, good things. Uh, what is it? What is the saying? Good things come, come to, to, those to those who, who wait. wait. So, uh, congratulations to them. Very exciting times for the entire Newfeld clan. But he's going to be stepping back in. So the question will be, for B.J. Newfeld: is there any rust? Obviously, he, w- he would have been practicing. But he's getting back on an arena ice for the first time in a bit. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the question. We'll take him a few games to get his legs back under him.
1: Yeah, I got to say, no. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a big-time curler. Has played in lots of big events. I I believe, has he won this event with Mike McEwen? He has won it with Mike McEwen, yeah. he They won back in 2014. Yeah, so, you know... He's no stranger to these types of things. Yeah, you know, maybe they it'll take a couple ends to kick the rust off, but uh, this team is is one of the favorites. I, I put them definitely in the playoffs.
0: Okay, so that that leads us into our picks. A little different format for this. Uh, normally we pick four playoff teams. Uh, that would be cheating though, because there's only three playoff teams here. So we're only going to pick three playoff teams. We'll do the same thing, a point for getting the playoffs right and a point, uh, an extra point if you get the winner correct. That's right. So I've written mine down, Scott. Okay.
1: So why don't I go first? Because I haven't.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, uh, so again, seven teams, uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I can't really go against, uh, Kevin Cooey. Uh, It's hard to. Right? One of the best ever. If they don't make the playoffs, they'll be the fourth place team. I can't see them finishing in the bottom half of this field. Uh, So I'm going to take Kevin Cooey to make the playoffs. Yep. Brad Jacobs' team, they're they're coming off a win. They they won this event last year. Got to pick them. And I got to take Brendan Botcher as the up-and-coming team. Okay. So Who wins? I'm going to pick... I'm gonna pick Brendan Botcher to win. Okay, I think this is their time. All right, I think you looked at my sheets, Scott, because I
0: uh, have Brendan Botcher to win. Really? As well, uh, I, yeah, I, I think they're primed for a, a big step forward and a signature win, which feels weird because they won three Grand Slams last year, but right. a real signature, <laughs> a real signature win, and uh, you know our, our criticism of the Grand Slam and the way they're structured is 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 very public so uh, i think an event like this would really uh really benefit them i'm gonna go with a botcher Cui final again with botcher winning and then give me gushu uh the same way you don't want to count out brad jacobs i don't want to count out brad gushu <laughs> yeah you can't so do it. you know great teams are gonna miss the playoffs sure yeah uh, no question that's what makes um, this event so fun is yeah that it's all the best yeah if you tell me that these three teams don't make the playoffs and it's, you know, Dunstone gets in because he's had a hot week, uh, and it's Jacobs, and then uh, Glenn Howard has a great one. Like that, I'd be a little surprised about that sure. configuration. But I, overall, I, I wouldn't be shocked if any team makes the playoffs. And because of how good the field is and only three playoff spots, I'm not going to be surprised if anybody misses the
1: playoffs either. Yeah, yeah, Sean. This is one of these events where as much as I love the Briar and the Scotties, there are games there that are like, oh, uh, we got to watch, you yeah. know, a, a, a bad game.
0: Yeah, name names, Scott. We're about to name. <laughs> <laughs> you, you name names. names. Uh,
1: I, you know, if Jennifer Jones is playing against uh, a junior team from Quebec, there you it, go. It's like really. this this game is going to be done soon are you looking for your pen or something yeah i am so i'm sorry i'm distracting scott by trying to find my
0: pen but um yeah you don't have those games here in this field there's no there's no gimmies everyone's got to be there the only the only thing i'm sad about is that it's only three days of round robin yeah (laughs) Yeah. I, i for as much as we didn't like the double round robin in the world cup i would i would be cool with a double round robin for this event and make it a full week
1: yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Right. Uh the teams might have something to say about it. But Yeah, uh, well,
0: they're getting a lot of money for it, Scott. I, I should, we didn't say this at the top. The winning team gets forty thousand dollars. Yeah. It's pretty good for a curling event. Uh yeah. Second uh, place twenty-five. Twenty-five thousand. So the final becomes basically a fifteen thousand dollar cash game. Right on. And fifteen thousand dollars to the team that finishes third. Each team also gets $7,500 as a travel subsidy, so Brendan Botcher um, really going to be able to uh, make the most of that. Yeah, uh, but
1: uh, we're living at home, and
0: yeah, but I think I think this really reflects the fact that there's that much money involved, uh, which for curling is a is a big amount of money. Really shows the extent to which Curling Canada has set, is setting this up as the premier events. The teams that win the Scotties mm-hmm. and the Bribes don't get that much. No. Uh, so this is the the best event in Canada, and the money reflects that.
1: Yeah, for the, for Canadian teams, it's definitely the best. Uh, it definitely has a lot of money, and part of that money comes from the sponsor. So we should mention that it's the Home Hardware Canada Cup, Sean.
0: Yes, I recently purchased a fire extinguisher and a carbon monoxide detector at the local home hardware. It's very prudent of you. Yes, they were wedding gifts. Yeah, that's a a great wedding gift. That's what I give as wedding gifts. If anyone invites me to a wedding, you're getting a fire extinguisher and a carbon monoxide detector. If that dissuades you from inviting me to your wedding, even better. (laughs) So uh, Yeah, so the home hardware Canada Cup here. So let's move on, Scott, to the women's side of the field. We'll take this one alphabetically as we go through the field uh, because like with the men, no real freebies here. Uh, A couple interesting wrinkles though with lineups so let's start with Chelsea Carey and her team. This is going to be a tough one, I think Scott to assess where they're at as a team because Chelsea Carey kind of a trick or treat type player.
1: Yeah, we definitely saw that last year, right? Either they would win or they would, you know, miss the playoffs and go zero and four in their pool. Uh, yeah, right. And it was near the end of the year that they started to come on more, and they just peaked at the right time at, like specifically in the last five ends of the <laughs> Scotties final. Yes. So, uh, and you know, they also had a great week at the Scotties. Uh, you know, going, I forget nine and two or something. Yeah, but they're really good. They're they're really good. And the the problem is that. I, I don't know I like I never feel like Chelsea Carey is a favorite going into any event no does that make sense yeah I agree that they've got the ability to do it but I can't ever predict when they are gonna do it because it's so so up in the air uh, they either they'll come in and be amazing or be terrible so I can't I can't come into this event saying oh yeah they're gonna win
0: yeah and if you look at again the matchups the only thing she she's above 500 against two of the teams that are in the field, and like Casey Scheidegger and Robin Silvernager. Everybody else, she's under 500 against. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Jones just has her number. Yeah, uh, twenty-five or Chelsea Carey is eleven and twenty-five against Jennifer Jones, and Jennifer Jones has won seven of the last eight of these matchups. But wasn't one um, of them in in the Scotties last year? Didn't they beat her in the Scotties. Uh, Jones beat Carey in the Scotties. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a game where, or, or, or it's a matchup that, I mean, one of the reasons Chelsea Carey didn't make it to the Scotties for as long as she she waited was because she kept <laughs> losing to Jennifer Jones in provincial playdowns. Yeah. So it's it's one of these things where she's so good that she can beat anybody, for sure. The team, we still kind of have questions about and whether or not, the four of them together are as good as the entirety of the other teams.
1: Right, right. I, I think they have the skills, but they need to all be firing at the same time. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Yep. And and if Sarah Wilkes struggles, it's going to be a long week. For sure. I think she's the real key to that team.
0: Absolutely. So, so Chelsea Carey, not, never quite sure what you're going to get. Out of her, uh, another team that I think is kind of like this got Carrie anerson absolutely, and, and her team They came out just a house on fire at the start of last season. Struggled towards the end part of the year. Uh, they of course lost the play-in game at the Scotties to uh, to not make it into the the main event there. After a tough loss in the Manitoba provincial final, of course, a game where they gave up a big lead this season they've done okay you know nothing nothing really stands out I mean it's hard to be as good as they were last year a fun little wrinkle I guess is that uh Carrie Anderson's never won this event but Val Sweeting won it back in 2014 that's right so they have a a one-time champion here and this is a team Scott that I just kind of like with Chelsea Carey I have more confidence in Carrie Anderson's team than Chelsea Carey's team but again a team that I'm not always quite sure what I'm going to get
1: that's right. That's right. And if you're thinking back to that Val Sweeting team, of course Chelsea Carey's front end uh, played front end for yes. for Val in that event. So they are past champions. Uh, one of the things about Carey Anderson and her team in particular is they can flip it on, you know, seemingly like by like flipping a switch. At the last Grand Slam, they were tuned to in the round robin. I think they had to play a tiebreaker to get in. They, they got in the playoffs as the eighth seed and went right to the final. Right. They they looked dominant in that quarterfinal win. And it, it's so strange. Like, how do you guys lose? <laughs> and it, it seems sometimes they get in their own way. Uh, sometimes uh, Carrie herself has, struggles with draw weight. And it, it seems like her release, too, it's, it's not mm-hmm. always consistent. So, uh Obviously, she can overcome all that. She has and has won big, big events before. Mm-hmm. But this one, I with with such a stacked field, I'm not sure how is how has she done against other teams in this field. Not great.
0: Uh, similar to Chelsea Carey, she's has a really good record against Casey Scheidegger and Robin Silvernagle. But everyone else, not quite the same. Uh, Jennifer Jones certainly had her number forever. Um, it changed for a bit. The, the, Jennifer Jones won the first something, if I do the quick math in my head as I look, uh, the first 17 times they played, Jennifer Jones won. And then Carrie Anderson broke through, of course, at the 2018 Scotties in That's the round right. robin. If, uh, I remember that game yeah. uh, quite well. And then Jones won the 1-2 game and then the final in that event. And then in the Champions Cup that season, Kerry Anderson wins Goes on a five-game winning streak against Jennifer Jones. Uh, They have not played this season. They haven't played since last January at the Canadian Open. Uh, Rachel Holman has just taken her to task. uh, Pretty even against Tracy Fleury this season. Uh, Two and one against uh, Tracy Fleury. Overall, Tracy Fleury has a slight edge, but of course that's a different team. A lot of those games... Uh, she, a, lot of,
1: a lot of those games with Carrie
0: Anderson's team, who is now Tracy Fleury's team. Yeah, so the, the, that matchup doesn't really uh, mean all that much. And with uh, with Chelsea Carey, she has a pretty good edge. So I think this is a, a team that if they come out, Scott, and are able to get some wins early, that is going to be essential for them. That the, They're going to have to pull something out early in the field, uh, early in the week to really... Uh, make it work for them. Their first game is against Jennifer Jones on Wednesday afternoon. Mm. That game, if they can pull that out, get that Jones game out of the way with yeah. a win, that'll be good. Because you, you, it's it's not quite like the men's field that you expect someone like Carrie Anderson to beat. With all due respect, uh to beat Robin Silvernagle, um, yeah, I, you would expect that. It's a little, it, it's not, you know, so it's maybe not quite as wide open on the women's side so if you get those wins early in the week against jennifer jones rachel Holman, you're ahead of the game you think compared to the rest of the field
1: absolutely i if she manages to beat jones i can't see her getting anything less than a tiebreaker out of that because right. uh, just the way the, the game stack up so big game there on on the first evening
0: yeah and then she plays uh casey scheidegger's team right that night so if she can come out of wednesday two and oh looking pretty good
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh,
0: who who's next? So, next up on our list of the alphabetical teams here is, of course, Tracy Fleury, the former Team Anderson, second year together. Uh, they've won the event, the Grand Slam, in North Bay, mm-hmm. and now looking to take that momentum forward. Uh, we, we mentioned on the show during, I believe it was the Tour Challenge, where... They said on the broadcast that Tracy Fleury used to be sneaky good and now she's just good.
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, being a team from Northern Ontario that didn't play as much, you know, you would see her at the Scotties maybe if Krista McCarville didn't go. Yep. Uh, And before that, out of Ontario, you know, like it's pretty tough. So, yeah, she was under everybody's radar. And now you're seeing this team consistently play in Grand Slam events, uh, faring well. Uh, making playoffs, winning that one, so they're they're a team that has all the skills there. Yes, and uh, the the key position here is Selena at third. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know how to pronounce the name, but I've <laughs> forgotten right now. So uh, if she plays well and sets the end up nicely for uh, for Tracy, uh, they can be pretty good.
0: Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. It's it's all about making sure that's that setup's good. And Tracy Fleur, we've seen her at times get overwhelmed or felt like overwhelmed sometimes when there's a lot of rocks in play. I know she likes it, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to make sure that there's a draw path for her. Because if there is a draw path, she's going to make it frequently.
1: Yeah, she's likely to make it and with yeah. great sweepers too. So yeah,
0: so she she just doesn't have the same upweight bailout shot as Rachel Holman or Carrie Anderson. Right? right. She she's really
1: good at the softer stuff. So ensuring that there's paths to get in is really the key to her mm-hmm. game. And, I mean, no slouch at hitting, but you're right. If you don't see her playing, you know, double run back no. doubles. Yeah. So. Again, compared to the other players in the field, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh,
0: so we'll see what happens with them. Next up is Rachel Homan. They're really good at curling. Do we need to say anything else?
1: They've not been very good this year.
0: Yes, that's true. They've struggled so far
1: this season. Do we? What do we account for that? Uh, time off in the summer, I think, could be for I don't know delivering humans into the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean we have also talked in the past about
0: whether or not this team goes to some events with the goal of winning, as opposed to a goal of trying new strategies or, or testing out different shots. They could go to uh, any event in the world and, and win if they're playing at the top of their game, but, you know, golfers do this sometimes where they're going to play in events to, you know, a golfer would try to figure out his draw, yeah, right? And, and when try to work on specific things in competition, I do kind of wonder if they've started to do this with some yeah, of these events, maybe, right? Let's work on this one thing.
1: Yeah. It, uh, it could be that, you know, they're uh, too good to be bad. Too good. Too good to be. That sounds like a, what a song or something. Too good to be bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll give you a fun fact here sure. because, like you say, they're really good, and we don't need to talk about them that much more. Uh, did you know that Rachel played in the Canadian Mixed Championships in 2012 and didn't skip? She played third for her brother. Uh-huh. Isn't that insane? It is. Can you imagine an event where, like. Mark Homan is skipping and Rachel Homan isn't? No. <laughs> right? No. Like, like Mark's a pretty good player, but yeah. he's, not, he's not the best in the world. No, he's not.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, but <laughs> as I was told repeatedly at the mix yeah. when I was there that... Uh, it's about the second, It's about right? the second position. But that's why that setup is usually the way it is, because yeah. it's second position. Yeah,
1: and uh, anyway, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Funny to think about that. It would
0: make more sense if Rachel was playing second. <laughs> yeah, that a guy could understand. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, so she won this event back in 2015, so she is a, a champion, a past champion. As we mentioned, that's how she got She was the first one to book her ticket to the 2017 trials in Ottawa with the, a big advantage there. So next up is Jennifer Jones, also very good at curling. She missed the playoffs at the Scotties last year, which is a total shocker to everybody. Uh, she hasn't uh, made a final at uh, the Grand Slam in a, in a, it's been a minute for mm-hmm. that. So there were questions last year after she missed the playoffs in the Scotties that, haven't been as loud because the, the events haven't been as, as upfront about whether or not she started to lose her fastball a little bit. And if she is still at the level that she once was, I am not going to be somebody who puts dirt on Jennifer Jones grave by any means, uh, because I think that she is, and the team is still top four in the world. Yeah. They're really good. Right. Uh, I think. I think maybe 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 Homan has a slight edge, Hasselberg has a slight edge, and Tiranzoni maybe. Yeah, I think but otherwise, give me like I'll take Jones against I'll take Jones against those four in in a, in games still, like that they can still win,
1: but I don't think there's anybody else who you could say is quite at that level. Um, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh maybe you'd throw Eve Mirhead into the mix, but uh not maybe not quite. Yeah, that's fair. So, it, you know, Jennifer Jones is going to Jennifer Jones. I, I do think, you know, you start getting a little bit older. Your kids are getting older. You've got a little more things to do with them. Uh, not as much time to go throw stones every day, even though she does. Yeah. Right? Famously, would go and throw 100 stones a day or something. Uh, but, you know, it's to be expected. As as To quote Mike Wilbon, Sean, Father Time is undefeated. Yes. So, you know, the the end will come. Whether it's at this event, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I could see them not making the playoffs at this event. Okay, interesting. I, I could see it. I mean, they, they didn't make the playoffs at a an event with a worse field than the Scotties, right? That's true. So, you know, I could see it. Do I expect it? Not really. No. Uh, do I like to ask myself questions and then answer them? <laughs> I do. Clearly.
0: Um, so, yeah. So just uh, a really good team. And uh, they're going to get tons of TV time in this event. So uh, for all you angry tweeters out there, uh, get your thumbs ready for a lot of uh, Jennifer Jones hating, if that's your
1: groove. Because she's going to be on uh, TV a bunch. But don't hate on Jennifer Jones. I like, yeah. I like watching that team. And uh, a little fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Don McEwen has gone back to red hair. So okay, after being blonde uh, the last year, right, or so maybe that's what was going on. Back to the red, into the fire. Yeah, yeah. Get that that
0: the, the, it helps it, it strengthens her sweeping. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so. if she
1: comes out on TV on Wednesday with blonde hair, I'll look like an idiot. You but, will. Uh, That's true.
0: Um, and Jennifer Jones, of course, four-time champion of this
1: event, uh, winning
0: in. 2017, 18. excuse me, uh, tw- 27, 2007, that's how long ago it is. Uh, I'm just so used to the other way of saying things. 2011, 2016, and 2018. So uh, the defending champion here, she's won the last two Canada Cups because, of course, there wasn't one in 2017 with the trials. With the trials, that's right. So the next team is the Casey Scheidegger team, but Casey Scheidegger ain't going to be there. She is uh, pregnant and expecting a child, so she hasn't played. She's she's both of those things? She's (laughs) both of those things. Uh, She uh, she will not be playing. She hasn't played for most of the season, uh, if any of the season. So Cheryl Bernard is stepping out of the booth onto the ice, and she has played one event with the team uh she hasn't played in all the events that they've been playing in this season but mm-hmm. they, they have played together this Scott is going to be tough i think uh, cheryl of course hasn't played regularly on tour for a while right uh given that she is in the booth with tsn and she has uh pretty pretty heavy responsibilities out there at the canada sports hall of fame mm-hmm. in calgary as well that uh Seems to keep her pretty busy, if you follow her Twitter at all. So not playing regularly, stepping out there. And again, with all the issues that we've talked about over and over on the show with communication and new teams and having to figure out how people uh, get get along with each other, how they want to talk to each other on the ice, figuring out release points for as good as Cheryl Bernard is, and for as much as she has watched this team before, this could be tough
1: yeah I think this is going to be be tough for this team. Uh, if you know you talk about Jennifer Jones, has she lost her fastball? Uh, maybe you could say the same about Cheryl Bernard, who decided to hang him up uh, not so long ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: the thing about Cheryl Bernard that we we forget we, she was always a good player. like there's there's no doubt that she was a great player. Um, but when she won the Olympic trials. Back in 2009, that was the first time that she had won an event to represent Canada. Yeah. So, you know, she, she wasn't a player who was out winning Scotties uh, and going to world championships. So she didn't have that same pedigree as some of the other teams, certainly in that 2009 field. It was kind of an upset, really, that she Big won time, yeah. in 2009. I think was Kelly
1: Scott was probably the favorite at that event. Or Jennifer Jones. Right. Right. Because. Yeah. Because of course, because right? of course,
0: but but yeah, so so Cheryl Bernard coming out, winning that game, uh, and having a great week in that field, you, you just didn't expect it. So again, she was she's a good player for a very long time, but was never a dominant player. And coming in, and and I would say this even if it was a dominant player, coming in with a team that you're not familiar with, trying to figure it out, this is going to be tough. I know they've played in, in an event
1: already but this is not the field to be still trying to figure things out. No, this field is much too good to be uh playing around with that stuff. That that said, you know, maybe she can catch lightning in a bottle. You know, 5-day event, uh 3-day round robin, it's it's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Uh but not likely.
0: Yeah, she gets early on, right? So sort of the matchups are, are interesting, right? First game is against Jennifer Jones on Wednesday morning, right out the Ooh. shoot. That game bold prediction. That's your TSN game in the morning. Uh the Mudryk's on that call. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that they'll show that game, but it, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. They have a split day that day, Jones and then Anderson. If they happen to go zero oh, and two, which is
1: certainly possible, it could be a it could be a long couple of days. Yeah, you might uh, stick a fork in them there. Do, do we know, Sean, who's replacing Cheryl in the booth? We do not. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen a formal
0: announcement from TSN. My, I mean, Goche is there for three uh, all three draws anyway. That you probably could put her in the booth uh, and do it, and have Mudrick do the updates for yeah. the afternoon and the evening draw. That is my guess. Is what they'll do. The other possibility, of course, is that they bring in uh, Steph LeDrew, who has done work at the Juniors before, to do the morning draws with Brian or to do the uh, the evening and the afternoon with Vic and Russ.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really curious to find out. I, I've been trying to scour to get clues and stuff, but uh, we'll see, I suppose. We'll see. The... The one thing about Kathy being in the booth with Vic, I don't know, could get to it. it Could be a fist fight. Yeah, there could be a fist fight. Could be a fist fight there.
0: Fortunately, neither of them move well (laughs) enough. I think that Russ would be able to get in between them pretty quickly. Good, good. good. Um, but, But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do because. I, hell, I mean, maybe Linda. We haven't heard from Linda at all uh, since she retired. Uh, maybe Linda can come out for, for a couple of days. That would be that'd be fun to see Linda. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to see Linda again. The last team in the field here, Scott, is a team that uh, I don't really expect much out of this week, but they've had success at Scottie's before, uh, having a wonderful run. Robin Silvernagle and her team, they, of course, have Stephanie Lawton on the squad, who is a two-time champion of the Canada Cup in 2008
1: and 2012. Yeah, uh, Stephanie Lawton's the key for this team here. Uh, The the rest of their players, you know, it'll be maybe their first time on the big, big stage. But uh, if Steph Lawton can sort of drag this team along, keep them close, keep Robin under control. Uh, We saw things kind of unwind a bit for them in the playoffs at the Scotties last year. And it was Stephanie Lawton not being able to sort of calm the situation down, be decisive uh, and help with that kind of decision making that really, you know, did them in. Yeah. Uh, so if she can be there and, and really sort of guide the, the ship in the right direction, uh, they could be dangerous. But as you say, against the field this deep, it's hard to predict for them to make the playoffs
0: for sure and, and in terms of matchups they haven't played anybody in the field a lot right so the matchups are pretty close uh, just because of a lack of experience against each other yeah so what we've seen though from robin silver silver nagel is that you know the bright lights the cameras didn't really bother her right so she mm-hmm. she has sort of a stage
1: presence to her well i would say not until she not got until into playoffs. trouble right yeah like at the first sign of trouble it seemed like it all kind of fell apart at once. Right. But that that
0: experience, Yeah, I mean, there might be a, a nice parallel to Botcher, right? The first time he was at the Briar, he didn't have a good run. He was no. just, he, they, they were kind of bad all week. Yeah. And Robin Silvernagel had a good run and then struggled. And, you know, if she can learn, and, and this is where Stephanie Lawton becomes even more important off the ice, mm-hmm. is... Being able to use that as a teaching experience and growing from it, and being able to recognize, you know, how you respond to it moving forward. So this is why all these teams have sports psychologists, is, is for that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, are they there yet? Are they ready to take that next step? I don't know. Uh, but being in this field, being in this event, will only help as they continue to push forward. I, it would it would be surprising at this point if they don't get a trial spot to be honest, uh, just in general, I, I don't think they'll get it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the way that the, the upswing that this team has had has been very impressive. And even if they're not ready yet, they, they should have at some point they'll have a big signature win.
1: Yeah. We talked about them in the preseason, Sean, about their schedule. Right. Uh, and it seemed like they were the, the team that was not playing in every uh, weekend. Yeah. Uh, they were really pacing themselves. They know that there's big points up for grabs if they make it uh, through Saskatchewan Provincials and into the Scotties. They can earn points there to try and set themselves up uh, points-wise to be invited to the the Roar of the Rings. So that's what I would say they're looking to try and do and getting some good experience this week.
0: Yeah, and in terms of
1: Saskatchewan, I mean, all they have to do is have somebody
0: at, you know, the the anti-doping agency go to Sherry Anderson's house, right? Because, I mean, I don't know how Sherry Anderson keeps doing this. <laughs> uh, um, I For the record, I don't think Sherry Anderson is taking PEDs. Um, so, uh, just uh, overall, uh, a, a good field. I think the men's field is just a little more wide open than the, the women's field. I think we have a case where there's a couple teams who we expect to struggle, and the women's field... You know, if if the Scheidegger team, skipped by Shaw Bernard, makes the playoffs, I would be surprised by right. that, right? So, yeah. so whereas on the men's side, I don't quite have—I uh, wouldn't be surprised. If anybody makes the playoffs, I'd be a little surprised here. So for the picks, Scott, I'm going to go with uh, an old classic. You know, it's like when you turn on the radio, there are certain songs that you just want to hear. And uh, when you hear them, you know, you, you can never hear them too much. Who listens to the radio? <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with a classic that I will never enjoy seeing or never not enjoy seeing. Uh, give me a Jennifer Jones, Rachel Holman final. Yeah. With Jennifer Jones winning her third straight Canada Cup. Wow. And,
1: uh, and then give me Carrie Anderson as the semifinal um, whoa semi-finalists this time i wrote my picks down without looking at yours yeah and i pick uh rachel holman to win with anderson and jones okay two and three so okay. we got the same teams yeah. listen well we're, we're just uh on the same page tonight. on the same page so uh so those are our picks for
0: the canada cup uh tsn is back Vic, did they, they've pulled them out, uh, and he's ready to go uh, out there in Leduc. Also, if you're in Leduc for the Canada Cup, do not forget, in the same complex there at the Leduc Curling Club, the Canadian Curling Club Championship is ongoing simultaneously. So you can check that out. The arena is where the Canada Cup is. Over at the Curling Club is where the club championships are Mm -hmm. and then the patch is just on the other side of the curling club and it's all sort of put together in one space so uh, a great opportunity for certainly all the club players who are there for that championship to Mm. not only attend the canada cup hopefully there's some events where they're interacting with some of those elite players who are in town but uh, a great way to have two wonderful championships national championships held at the same time so good job by curling canada yeah way to go curling canada I like to be critical of them when it's deserved, but this is a case where they deserve some praise. They've done something good. There you go. So, uh, again, good luck to everybody out there in Leduc for the club championship event as well. It's a, a great initiative by Curling Canada to give club players... Uh, something to to strive for right we, we've talked on the show about the middle class being uh, squeezed a bit at the curling uh, by curling canada and just the, the reality of the situation so uh wonderful event out there check it out if you were there for the canada cup just hop on into the uh, curling club
1: and if you're there for the curling club championships Nah, don't worry about checking out the Canada Cup. No, Just watch it on TV. It'll yeah,
0: be fine. It'll be, it'll be fine. Just go to the patch. You'll be yes. fine. <laughs> um, so that'll do it uh, for our preview of the Canada Cup and the 14 teams heading out to Laduke, uh, Enjoy it, everybody. We're going to do what we did last year for our coverage of the Canada Cup. We're going to go daily starting Wednesday. Uh, we'll do uh, brief shows each night, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we'll do a, bull, uh, a full recap there on Sunday night after the finals. And uh, so we'll focus on the big stories coming out of the event uh, because, you know, like we say, this is the best event in Canada. Over the course of the year, so we think this deserves wall-to-wall c- coverage that isn't TSN.
1: Yeah, we- we'll we'll give our own little spin uh, on this.
0: Yeah, so so we'll be back. So check your feed every night, uh, about an hour after the the final draw after after TSN goes off the air. We'll be posting uh, before we go to bed. So uh, so check it out and enjoy it. Yeah, we'll have fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah. uh, so make sure you catch all those by subscribing if you have not yet on Apple and Google and all the other places where you can get shows, and you will be fully up to date with what we're doing on the show. Also, you can follow everything. We're gonna have some snarky tweets probably mm-hmm. as we watch the games over there at Game of Stones Pod. Also on Instagram at Game of Stones
1: Pod. Scott is on both those things at Scott Likes TV. I'm at Doctor Shawnee Fever. I, I'm gonna. Try and keep a live blog either Thursday or Friday on the website, okay. yeah. gameofstonespod.com. Game
0: yeah, so, yeah, so Scott has redone the website, so check out the website uh, and, and we'll tweet whichever day he is uh, doing the live blog uh, from uh, from his couch.
1: Yep, took, the, took a couple of days off just for Canada Cup, Sean. Ain't nothing
0: wrong with that. So a uh, full day of curling. Uh, I can't think of a better way to spend the day. You're darn to. So uh, certainly check all that out. We'll be back with you then on Wednesday night for a recap of the first day. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.
1: Make the final...